Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What's going on, guys? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Red and Gold Standard Podcast. My name is Zach Hernandez, and this evening, I'm joined by my, my man, Mike Andrews of Nothing But Niners. Mike, how you doing this evening? All is well, man. Happy to be here. Yo, uh, I'm excited, man. Brick by brick drop tonight. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got some uh, good stuff in the pressers today that came out. I'm just, I'm just excited, man. I had the day off. I'm not on call for the first time in what feels like forever. Uh, so it was just a good time to come out, chill, played some Call of Duty with my son. Haven't done that in a while. That was fun. So I'm excited, man. I'm having a great night. All right. Yeah, I love it. Days off are always good. If you're watching on Twitter, head over to YouTube.com slash 49ers Hive. Join from there. So that way you can comment your thoughts and we can actually see and interact with them. If you're commenting on Twitter, we're not ignoring you. We just can't see them. Um, our guy, Matt isn't able to make this. This was kind of a bit of a last show, last minute show due to my fault. Totally forgot. Had a little too much vodka last time we agreed on the scheduling, but we're here. So that's all right. Mike, 49ers football is back. We had the Hall of Fame game. Is it really football? Is it not? I don't know. I watched it. I enjoyed it. But we'll finally get to see Trey Lance, even if just for a couple of series, lace him up. Before we get into the X's and O's, what are you looking forward to seeing the most Friday evening? Yeah, so I'm actually really excited. Uh, This is going to sound messed up, but some injuries have me a lot uh, very excited, right? So we know that Traverius Ward is out and Emmanuel Mosley are out. So I'm excited to see who they put in there with the one and two uh, corner position to see, uh, you know, who's going to be the guy to step up, you know? Are they going to do like a rotation thing where one guy's out there for uh, just the first first down, leave the whole starting defense out there, and then put another guy out there, you know? Are they switching sides? How are they playing? Field and boundary, you know what I mean? So the uh, the second and third cornerback position, I just realized I'm crooked. Uh, the second and third cornerbacks are um, – or I'm sorry, the third and fourth, I should say, are going to be big for me to watch. I want to see who they're putting in the nickel, um, how how players are doing. There's a lot that I'm actually looking forward to. I can't wait to see Spencer Burford. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're hearing a lot about this young man. Uh, I want to see Brindell. I want to see um, Brunskill. And I want to see Mike McGlinchey. 
Kyle did confirm that we will see Mike McGlinchey out there. I want to see how big Mike is recovering. Kyle saying that there's no restrictions. Uh, so I'm, I'm actually pretty surprised by that. Uh, and he's going to get out there already. That was a nasty injury. And if Mike can come back and be, uh, you know, as good as he was before, we are going to be all right, man. We're going to be all right. So I'm, I'm hyped about that. I'm hyped about that. There's so much, right? It, it, I was telling Ash the other day, I'm like, just the thought of waking up and it's, I know looking a little ahead, but it's Sunday. You hear the NFL theme song on Fox. You got some something on the grill. I'm so excited for football to be back. I know we're not quite there, but hey, couple of weeks and we're there. Um, as far as 49ers and Friday, Trey Lance. It's got to be Trey Lance. I mean, everybody's looking forward to him finally getting these starter reps. He had a full offseason as the starter, completely devoted. The first unofficial depth chart comes out, and Jimmy Garoppolo is fourth on the depth chart, which if that doesn't signal to all of these fans that he will never take another snap for the 49ers, barring some unforeseen catastrophe. I really don't know what does. Um, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to seeing some Trey Sermon. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing some Danny Gray because I've heard all offseason the dude's uh, speedster. Nobody can cover him. If they can actually get somebody that can spread the field and catch the ball, that's like the the main element this offense has been missing, aside from obviously being able to get the ball there. Somebody to catch it if they actually could. So I, I'm the, huge on that. The the cool thing about what you're talking about with Jimmy being fourth on the depth chart, Kyle addressed that, and he was like, and he's only listed because we have to. Because he's still on the roster, he has to be listed on the uh, unofficial depth chart. So, you know, you guys take it for what it's worth. Man, Kyle is like just letting it all, letting it all out the bag, man. Jimmy's. Like every time I think, oh man, you know, Jameis Winston got injured. We're gonna build up some uh, trade value for Jimmy Garoppolo. Kyle's like, yeah, he's only listed because he's got to be. So <laughs> it's like, Kyle, what are, you, what are you doing, man? Like you're killing me, bro. But uh, it's pretty cool. And you know, and I didn't even get to mention that, like what you talked about with Danny Gray, right? The wide receiver three position doesn't really matter because there's gonna there's gonna be uh, a rotation of wide receivers at all times anyway. Um, but looking at the Danny Gray versus Jalen Hurd, I haven't heard, I mean, Jalen Hurd, sorry, um, Jawan Jennings. I haven't heard a lot of good things about Jawan Jennings this camp. I haven't heard much about him at all. Uh, and the few things that I did here were kind of, eh, you know what I'm saying? So um, even on the presser, someone gave Kyle Shanahan, you know, they kind of tossed him a compliment for Jalen. Uh, damn it, I did it again for Jawan Jennings. Um, <clears throat> he was like, uh, the comment was something along the lines of, you know, he's been uh, consistent. He's had a, a great camp. And he was like, well, that was that was OTAs. Uh, he, <laughs> right now, Ayuk is doing the best of all the wide receivers. So, you know, I mean, everyone's stepping up a lot. But he kind of went out of his way to say, yeah, but nah. And Kyle hasn't been doing that with these guys right now. So I'm wondering who's going to be the next wide receiver. He starts pushing more. Uh, but I am in, I'm anxious to see, like you said, Danny Gray and the uh, Jawan Jennings battle as well. <sighs> It's just it's funny to me that the season begins with the Packers because we ended their year obviously last year. Um, I doubt we're going to see much of their starters, specifically Aaron Rodgers at all. But it still is just funny that this is a very familiar matchup for both teams. Um, Trey Lance will get his first taste of it. Obviously, it's meaningless in a sense because it's just preseason. Um, there are so many things though. I mean, Anthony Lynn coming in here. It is Anthony Lynn, right? He's the new running backs coach. That's the one. Okay. Anthony Lynn coming in here. 
how the running game is going to work now that Trey Lance is there. Will the 49ers switch into that more uh, zone gap running style? I'm I'm really excited to see it. Um, let me ask you this, Mike. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter debating as far as will um, Elijah Mitchell stay as running back one? Will he be pushed? Because I think right now it's like Mitchell, Jeff Wilson, and then Trey Sermon, and then TDP. How do you see that shaping out throughout the year? And, and obviously starting a little bit on Friday evening. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast. <clears throat> um, and it turns out what they did was Elijah Mitchell was the starting guy last year at the end of the season. So they just put his name first. And then it was an order of tenure, actually. So that's why you got Mitchell as the top guy. And then it's Wilson, Sermon, TDP, um, and Mason. Um, <clears throat> I, I personally don't think. Elijah Mitchell stays the top guy, and that's not necessarily a knock on him. Kyle credited this guy for playing through multiple injuries, broken ribs and things like that. And if this backfield is what we think it's going to be, there's going to be no need for him to continue to have to be that guy. You know what I'm saying? So we're talking about at least a rotation. If he's as injury prone as we think he is, and there's a you can be injury prone and still play through injury. So let's be very clear what I'm saying, right? He's he's uh. What they say the difference was between injured and hurt? Uh, you can't play injured, but you can play hurt, right? So he's hurt prone. Let me call him hurt prone, right? Um, if he's as hurt as often as they made it sound like he was last year, I can see them saying, yeah, we're not going to risk it. We'd rather have you healthy later on. So uh, we got some nice rotational guys right here. Uh, take take a back seat. So I don't, I don't think he is the guy this year in the running backs room. That's really, I want to say it's surprising, but it's also not because obviously they drafted Trey Sermon with, we've talked about this all last year. I think they drafted Trey Sermon in, with the plans of him to kind of be the featured back once they do transition over to Trey Lance, which is happening this year because that style fits more into his style a lot more. But I, Elijah Mitchell, what he was able to do last year was extremely impressive. So I think it's going to be a more of a, another running back is going to have to come and take it than the 49ers coaching staff. Kyle specifically will maybe hand it over to one of the younger guys like Trey Sermon. Um, Cause he was really good. He was really impressive, especially what, what he was able to do as a rookie. I think he was what, like 60 yards short of a thousand. If I remember correctly, something, something very close. So that's um, going to be interesting to see how that shapes out. As far as the wide receiver position, Debo Samuel signed. But he might not be the primary receiver this off this year, excuse me, this season. Brandon Ayuk has gotten all of the rave, Mike. He's been hanging out with Trey Lance. They're best friends by the looks of it. They have chemistry. He's unstoppable from every report I've read at training camp. Does that start this season on Friday night? I hope so. I hope we get to see some of the rapport. I'm talking about, you know, Trey Lance drops back to throw. If he throws five times, I want three targets for Ayuk. I know that sounds crazy, right? But it also, I don't want to see them <clears throat> doing too much with Debo either. You know what I mean? Because I understand the weapon that Debo is, and I understand the weapon that Kittle is. So if Ayuk is the guy looking to say, hey, I'm ready to take the next step, prove it now, let's go. I want to see him getting the majority of those targets. Uh, I don't want to see them using the big names, the proven guys. Fortunately, unfortunately, however you choose to look at it, Kittle is proven 
when healthy. Uh, Debo was proven when healthy. Now you're saying you're the next guy. Let's see it. So I, I, wa- I want to see it uh, take off and take flight. You know, they start the um, they start the brick by brick with him, like driving into the stadium and things like that. So uh, it's kind of exciting. It's like they're putting the spotlight on him right away in the new episode of Brick by Brick. So, you know, B.A., it's his time, man. I'm, I'm, I'm really, really pulling for this guy. I thought last year was going to be his year. Uh, Debo was like, yeah, no. And see, we got to change our mentality of thinking, right? I'm thinking, you know, like, I understand. I would have picked Debo this year. It's a contract year, right? But it wasn't. Players negotiate the year before. So last year was Debo's contract year. He was well aware that he was going to be negotiating his contract this year. So that means that this year is Brandon Ayuk's contract year, right? They can start negotiating. Uh, but John Lynch and them said that, you know, we negotiate those guys' contracts later on. Uh, the last year, their deal, um, you know, and he's got they've got that fifth year option with Brandon Ayuk. So uh, I'm excited. I can't wait to see how they how they break it down. I agree, man. I, I think there's so much potential there from Brandon Ayuk. And if you remember, if we all just look back to that draft class that he was taken in, I know a lot of people, myself included, maybe I shouldn't say a lot, but I saw a lot on Twitter, either Henry Ruggs or CD Lamb were the preferred wide receivers for the 49ers. And I remember when they took, uh, was it Kinlaw that year? I was a little bummed, to be honest, because I was – not that Kinlaw wasn't a great prospect, but I was tired of them addressing the defensive line with these early first-round picks, and I really thought this would be the year they got the wide receiver. And then they trade back into the first round, and they get Brandon Ayuk. And I honestly hadn't looked at him much because if I thought if they were going to get a receiver, it would be Lamb, Ruggs, Judy. Um, but I'm excited to see what Brandon Ayuk turns into because he's already been extremely impressive. The way, What he was able to do at the back end of last year – was very, very nice, especially in a not-so-heavy passing offense. Um, you, before I say it, I should ask you, that's going to change, right, Mike? This is going to turn into a little more, at the very least, balanced running passing offense, or will it stay a stereotypical Kyle Shanahan rush-first offense? I think it starts out with the rush-first thing. I do. Um, I don't think they're going to try to overwhelm Trey Lance. Now, I'm saying rush-first. Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers were still averaging something like 260 yards a game or something like that. That's not bad when you stretch it out over 17 games. It's still going to put you in the what, 37, 3800. I don't let me see if I let me calculate here while I'm while I'm saying this. But 260 times 17, it's going to still give you a a solid season, right? 260 17. I mean, that's over 4000 yards. All right, so I lied. They're not averaging that many because we haven't had a 4,000-yard passer in quite some time. But that's something that's doable, right? That You don't have to be a world beater to come in here and do that in this system, especially when you include checkdowns and passes to um, the, the, the running backs and tight ends. I, I, I'm not willing to say that this is going to all of a sudden become this offense where we're just airing the ball out, throwing the ball 35, 40 times a game. I don't think we're ready to abandon that yet. They have a really good back uh, a room of uh, running backs, Anthony Lynn is in here now, former head coach, but this guy is a run game specialist. Like, this is what he does. It's what he prides himself on. Um, they'll, I think we're going to see a more balanced attack. And what I mean by more balanced is, although we ran the ball a lot last year, probably one of the highest percentages in the NFL, um, I think we use it to set things up. When you think we're going to run, we can pass. When you think we're going to pass, we can run, and vice versa. Where last year it was like, oh, God, like, Debo, give me the ball, Kyle. Give me the ball, right? That was a big third down. It was like third and seven. 
had no business running that ball on third and seven. But because of the limitations of the quarterback, we were like, all right, let's try something. Maybe we can catch him off guard, and we run the ball with Debo. I think those days are kind of over. I think it's really a more balanced attack. If it's third and short, that's where we want to be. Now we can play action. Now we can – you know what I mean? Where before it was like, no, nah, third and short, we're just going to run the ball. We're definitely going to run the ball because we don't want Jimmy to miss anything over the middle. We don't want to overthrow. We don't want – you know what I mean? So I think it's going to be more balanced in the truest sense right there. 514 passes attempt, 419 last season, as balanced as it gets. Right, and that's what I'm saying. This year, I think it's balanced as far in – a, in a different meaning. I think it's balanced as in, like, this is what an offense is supposed to look like. But later, but later, you know what I mean? Like you, can, Zach, honestly, third and one, what are the Niners doing last year? They're running, they're running that ball. They keep, they're keeping it on the quarterback ground. sneak. I, I can't tell you how many times I got frustrated watching them hand it off. And then the running back, by the way, is six yards behind the line of scrimmage and trying to like take all the momentum in there. And like they just stuff the hole because you see where he is. You just you form the the mighty duck V right into that spot and just clog that hole. And then we fell short so many times. So you know it, it's cool, but I think we see real balance this year, not just. The numbers like that, 514 and 499. I think we see real balance this year. And you touched on it um, in your answer early on, and I agree with you, is that while Trey Lance likely will help make this more of a pass-heavy offense, he's still very young, and they're going to lean on that run game very, very heavily to start out the year. And as they should, as they should. This is a Shanahan offense. They have a fantastic running game. They should take advantage of it while they – while they're still getting Trey Lance up to speed. Um, while we're on the topic, though, of quarterbacks, Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance, did you happen to see the quotes from Kyle Shanahan on the I Am Athlete podcast, Mike? I didn't, and it's funny because I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm subscribed to the I Am Athlete podcast. Now, what I do is they have um, – bunch of different ones like i am athlete at night then they have the regular ones and then they also mix in ones with uh i am i'm not gonna say i am her because i don't want to sound sexist but they had one where it was like uh um uh women hosts so i i don't have it set to automatically download i refresh every couple of days and then go back and look and i haven't looked yet and someone's like yeah kyle shanahan was over there and he said some some good stuff mike you should take a listen so i gotta get over there all right, well, I'm going to pull it up here. Um, let Uh-oh. me take this away. It's not go. the video, so don't worry, Bleach Report. Don't claim the video, whoever. <laughs> oh, this is just the, the quote from the tweet uh, from Akash. He tweeted it out. Um, just because you're close one year doesn't have anything to do with the next year. What I like about our guys is that we've gotten close twice, and they know what a grind that was. Jimmy has played as good here as any quarterback, in my personal opinion, since Steve Young. And that was a long time ago. Jimmy did some unbelievable things here and look at his record and look at how close we got. Before I even get your take on that, he fucking cited his quarterback record. The one thing everybody on Twitter is like, that's not a real thing. Quarterback wins don't matter. And Kyle Shanahan, of all people, cited him. Mike, what do you make of that quote? Steve Young. Steve Young. Yeah, I know. I know. The Steve Young thing. Like, I don't know if you saw my eyes. Like, I looked up and you said, remember how I said, uh, Kyle, like, come on, like, help me sell Jimmy a little bit. Like, dude, you're being too honest. 
Maybe this was the flip. Like, you know, a lot of people listening to this podcast, they were not kind to Jimmy the last couple of times he was mentioned on that podcast. So maybe this was his way of kind of like evening the score a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have a guy here. He should be respected. I mean, look at this story franchise. Look at the quarterbacks that have been here, Steve Young and Joe Montana, and Jimmy probably had one of the best years since him. Uh, So, uh, I guess. (laughs) You cannot tell me. I'm sorry. And and that is a really good point. I didn't even think about that. They're still trying to trade this guy. So maybe Kyle Shanahan's like, hey, I need to talk this man up. Let's remind people how good he was. What's up? Number one passing yards for the 49ers in history, the history of the Niners. First place, you know who it is? Most passing yards in the season. Jeff Garcia? Jeff Garcia. Second place? Steve Young. Third place? Joe Montana. Steve Young. Okay. Fourth place? Jimmy freaking Garoppolo. (laughs) It's a different era. It's a different era. Oh, my God. It is, oh, yeah. No, no, it's definitely a different era. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo was in fourth place, 3,978 yards. Um, and that was 2019. So, And then it's followed by Steve Young and then Joe Montana, then Joe Montana, then Jimmy Garoppolo again, then Joe Montana. So Jimmy Garoppolo's two seasons when healthy have been in the top 10 for the 49ers, statistically speaking. And I think that's what Kyle's trying to do, trying to paint a picture like he's a serviceable guy. He can come in and he can help an organization. You know, I, I have to hear it in context other than, the, you know, I have to hear what this, the question was, not just the response there uh, that Akash, am I saying his name wrong? Akash? He gets what Akash. You, or Akash. 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 I, no disrespect intended at all. I apologize. Uh, but uh, however the gentleman tweeted, um, I think he I, I want to hear the context around it, you know, like how if he was trying to big him up or if they said, you know, what because Brandon Marsh was a very straightforward person. What would cause someone to want to trade for Jimmy? Why in the world would someone want to trade for Jimmy? like he'll ask that kind of question to Kyle Shanahan and two blunt people speaking at the same time is going to be very interesting. So I'm in, I, I want to go back and listen. No problem. I, no problem. I, I agree with 49ers throwback here. Jimmy isn't the best since Steve Young. I tweeted that out. Jimmy isn't nowhere near Colin Kaepernick and Jeff Garcia. Colin Kaepernick at his peak, I know people remember his him as for his running abilities, but let's not forget, he was able to sling the rock pretty well too before he regressed um, in the last year with Harbaugh, but he was, he was doing really good as a passer as well. Jeff Garcia is a much better quarterback than I think he gets credit for. Um, I, I I don't put Jimmy Garoppolo above either of them, in my opinion. Um, I'm just saying, Colin Kaepernick, 21 touchdowns one season, 19 touchdowns the other season. Jimmy Garoppolo, 27 touchdowns, 20 touchdowns. Like I, there's an argument to be made if you're looking at the numbers. If you're looking at the numbers, and that's the dangerous part of it all. That's the that's the dangerous part because you also have to account rushing touchdowns for Colin Kaepernick and things like that. The pistol offense and what it did, not just for Colin Kaepernick, but for the running backs behind him as well. You know what I mean? The fullback. Um, that's when, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you guys, man. That that pistol offense, Sin is absolutely right, but that pistol offense had me thinking that freaking Bruce Miller was one of the best fullbacks I've ever seen on the planet. I'm not lying. I'm not kidding. Like, Bruce Miller could do no wrong in my eyes until he started beating up old people in hallways. So, you know, it's like, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. Like, Cap Cap was a different kind of monster. You know what I mean? But if you're just going to look at the numbers, those are things that – that's how history is going to remember you, unfortunately. 
history is going to look at the numbers. You know, 50 years from now, we're going to say, well, I remember watching Kaepernick. He was exciting. He was a lot of fun. But we're going to compare Colin Kaepernick to people who had short-lived careers. And we're going to say, you know, longevity and this and that and who had better numbers. That's what people are going to – all arguments are going to be settled by the stat book, unfortunately. Hmm. And that's going to put – that's going to put Jimmy ahead of Colin Kaepernick, guys. Also, I think we have to remember – I don't have the stats in front of me, but from my memory – that was a much lower scoring team because the defense consistently held teams to 14, 17. Um, so the, the 49ers offense uh, led by Colin Kaepernick didn't need to put up 35 a game. Um, just, just throwing that out there. This is an interesting tweet though. That's All correct. Right, comment from Kali Garcia is better than Alex Smith. Was Alex Smith with his prime years here under Harbaugh, once he finally got stabilized, was that a better quarterback than Jimmy? No. It wasn't. I and I know that sounds blasphemous, right? Um Alex Smith was a little he, he was people well, you said that one year, so let me try to keep it in context. But I was gonna talk about the check downs and things like that. Uh they did open it up a little bit more with Alex Smith, but not much more. Not much more. And uh even in that in that two thousand eleven season, um when they won 13 games. That was probably Alex at his prime here. Uh, no, it was not better than anything Jimmy Garoppolo did as a 49er. Now, you fast forward to 2013, where he's with Andy Reid and the Chiefs. Alex Smith is better than what Jimmy did here, for sure. But here with the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo was better than Alex Smith. And I'm a big Alex Smith supporter, a big Alex Smith advocate and fan. Uh, and I don't, I don't slam him anymore. And it's funny because there was definitely a lot more negative, a lot more negative with Alex Smith than there was positive. But I am a person that to this day, if I see Alex Smith doing something, I'm cheering for him. I'm rooting for him, him and his family, his kids. They've been through so much. Like I, I love Alex Smith. So, um, but no, Jimmy was definitely better than Alex Smith. Sorry. Alex Smith is a fantastic person. Um, Matt knows his family personally. I met him a couple of times. It's kind of a sad story, but uh, 2011-ish, there was a girl in my hometown, Sierra Lamar, who went missing. And Alex actually came down and helped with the search party. Um, Was very, very, very helpful putting out all the information on social media. Good dude. Really good dude. It's unfortunate to see what happened to him injury-wise, but great dude. Um, there's this comment here from, from Sin, the elephant in the room question for Kyle, if Jimmy's so good, why are you moving off of him? And there's a clip here that I want to play from the I Am Athlete. I haven't heard this, so we're going to listen to this uh, together for the first time. And this is from... Is this, is this going to mute me if I try to speak at the same time? I don't think so. Uh, well... The exact moment when you said this is the guy because that was a bold. Um, it that, that's what's funny because everyone wants to know that exact moment and you should ask people <laughs> how to deal with me. That moment changes every day, like because I go when I have two things I believe in, I always check myself a lot. Um, so I mean, I always compare it to how I buy houses. Like when my when my wife would bring me to a house she loves, I I go through the house and I point out every single thing that's wrong with it. Um, usually by the end of it, she's in tears and she's apologizing to the, <laughs> to the realtor for how offensive I've been. And then I come out and they're out there and they're like, "What do you think?" I'm like, "Oh, I like this one. Let's get this." And they're like, "What the hell?" You 
you talking about? And I was just like, no, I realized the things that were wrong. So, and I know we can fix those three things. So let's go out the potential of this. And that's how I was with him and Matt, because Matt had so much good stuff on tape the way he played. And Trey, I loved what he put on tape. It was a year of football. Um, so it wasn't totally enough, and especially the division. But the more you dive into it, the more I got to know the guy, um, the more I got to find out some stuff about him, the more I believed in what I didn't see and what I believe we will see. It's the reaction. The more I believed in what I didn't see and what I believe we will see, what I didn't see with Jimmy and what I believe we will see with Lance. And that's it. You, you, you move on from him for more. I believe we can get more from someone else. <clears throat> and what he's not doing is frustrating me. We've heard it. We've talked about it on all of our platforms. How many times have you seen Kyle on the sideline yelling at Jimmy? Remember the quote that came out last year. This is simple shit I'm asking you to do. Can you do it or not? Right? Um, what was it, that Vikings game, I believe, or Lions game? One of those two games early in the season, uh, two or three years ago. Throw the fucking ball, Jimmy. Like, these are quotes from Kyle Shanahan captured by hot mics that made it to the media. You know what I'm saying? So uh, that's just the way it is. And I saw someone, saw a comment. I don't know who said it. Um, Alex Smith over Jimmy because he was clutch in that Saints game, you guys got to, like, really think back to uh, how that game started. That defense is the reason that that offense put up, you know, that 17-3 to lead that they had and then relinquished to the Saints and all that stuff. Yes, he came up at big at the end, that run, that rushing touchdown, then finding Vernon Davis at the end, but he could not get it done with his arm. Uh, and that defense was a large part knocking uh, players out the game, that fumble, as the Saints open up the game to drive down the field, and then they hit, uh, was it Pierre Thomas? Pierre Thomas, yep. Dante Hittner. Knocked him out the game. Dante Whitner knocked him out the game. It was so crazy. I, I, that was, by the way, one of my favorite games ever for multiple reasons. But he hits him. The ball is jarred loose. He doesn't even care about the ball. He gets up and flexes as everyone is, like, running and piling on to the ball. He's walking away. The play is over for him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The, the play is over. But people are going to – you know, chalk it up to Alex Smith being clutch and all that stuff. Watch that game again. Alex Smith had his Jimmy Garoppolo moments in that game. I probably that's probably the most watched 49ers game for me because of what was going on. I drove all the way to Tennessee. My brother had just came home from Afghanistan. And uh I had my wife, my son, my mother, and my baby brother in the car with me and drove straight, trying to make it in time to watch this playoff game. So it was a very special moment to see my brother for the first time in years, you know, to get that embrace and everything. My wife and my son, you know, hanging out with them and all that stuff. Like it was it was a big, big moment for me. Uh, and then and then the, like I took a power nap, got up and watched the game and almost stomped a hole in his floor. Like, you know, I'm up on the on the second floor watching the game and celebrate. I'm like, let's go. I'm stomping as hard as I can. He's like, yo, don't break my shit. Like, stop. Calm down. It was a very special moment, very special game. And, and again, one I've watched over and over. If you guys go back and watch it again, yes, Alex was clutch at the end, but not the whole game. You there were there were some hair pulling moments in that game, I promise. That first hit set the tone so perfectly, though. I can I can picture it now. Pierre Thomas gets hit and it's like he passes out midair, you know, mid mid fall. And yeah, locks up. His arms did this and he yeah. never moved. He just went face first into the ground. His arms never moved. I've never seen that before. Crazy. I, I don't remember too many other games where that the back and forth. I remember, you know, going up and thinking, all right, we got this. And then two plays later, Jimmy, uh Jimmy Graham, is it Jimmy Graham? Yeah. 
he's you know busting free down the lane for a touchdown. Darren Sproles gets the big block. Oh that my play. god! Yeah, yeah, like fast ass Darren Sproles. Oh man, I was so I was so pissed. I I, I can uh, that game is like burned. I might watch it tonight. Now you're getting me hyped again. I might watch it again tonight. That game was burned in my head, man. All right, well, back to this game, 49ers Packers. It looks like, and you you did touch on this to start the show. Um, they're going to have some secondary players missing uh, per Cam Inman. 49ers quarterback Traverse Ward has a muscle strain that will keep him out a couple of weeks. And Emmanuel Mosley has missed the past two practices with the hamstring and will likely not play either. So it looks like the 49ers are going to have their younger cornerbacks out there this Friday evening. Are any of these injuries concerning to you, Mike, long-term? No. Um, And, you know, with this time of the year, there's going to be a lot of injuries, nicks, dings, bruises that happen, and the team is going to err on the side of caution more than anything else. Um, If this was a game that mattered, I'm sure that one, if not both of these guys, would probably go out there and try to play. You know? Um, If this was week 15 and playoff implications are on the line, I think they would go out there and try to play through it. Week one, maybe not, because there's a long season ahead of us. You know, we'd rather have you for 14 games instead of one now and and potentially lose you for five or six later, you know? Um, but I'm not I'm not overly concerned. Emmanuel Mosley is a player that cannot stay healthy. As much as I like E-Man, um, one of his biggest things, like when he's out there, he's out there, and he's good. But he's got to stay healthy. No one talks about his availability on the field, and that's what's been holding him back. That's why he didn't land that big contract. The Niners weren't comfortable extending him for a long period of time. They gave him that one-year deal this offseason, and, th- and, th- and that's what the reason is because of um, he's got he's to stay healthy. Um, but I'm not concerned. This is a good opportunity, a great opportunity for these guys to go out there and then against a Packers wide receiving court that is unproven. You know what I'm saying? They lost Marquez Valdez-Scantling. They lost uh, Devontae Adams. Their top guy right now is who? Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard. I I heard Christian Watson's like injured. Is he even playing? You know what I'm saying? Like, so that's that's their top wide receiver pick in this draft, and he's not even out there. This is a very good opportunity for these young guys to look good on film against a Packers team. You know who I've heard has been lighting it up? For the Packers, surprisingly, Romeo Dobbs. Uh, I think he was a later pick for them. It sounds like from the reports I'm seeing coming out of Green Bay, he's going to get more playing time early on than Christian Watson. Aside from the injury, obviously, um, it seems like he's been able to produce more in the offseason. So we'll see. I know a lot of Niners fans, including myself, wanted Christian Watson. <laughs> I'm like, why, why are you flipping me off? Oh no no! I I had a little eye crusty. Oh, okay okay okay. Yeah. Sorry, little eye little eye crusty over here, Cali. That's all. All right, so let's take a look at the unofficial depth chart that I uh, mentioned earlier. See if there's anything that stands out to you. Uh, this is oh, Jennifer Lee Chan tweeted it out. Are you able to see it? Okay. Yeah yeah I can see it. There's a lot that stands out. I don't know where you want me to start, but there's a lot that stands pick your out. pick your pick your uh, wherever you want. All right, well, the first thing is Samson Ebukam being listed as the starting left defensive end, and then Drake Jackson, right? Um, I I don't know, man. I, maybe it's the cynic in me. I, I don't know. 
I've never really been impressed with what Samson is bringing to the table. Like, maybe they're seeing something in practice. And this is, again, guys, this is not the team's official depth chart. This is done by writers and reporters. Uh, but they still use this. They get this information, these these positions from somewhere, right? It's not just time on the team because Drake Jackson's second. Kerry Hyder's been here longer than him. So it's not that. But why Samson? Like, I, w- I would like to see... Drake Jackson go out there with Ken Law, Armstead, and Bosa, if I'm being completely honest. I listened to Kyle Shanahan talk about Jackson and his progression. He's like, he's good against the run and in the pass. Well, if he's that good, if he's, you know, if he's so well-rounded, then get out there and and do this. You know what I'm saying? Like, go show us. Show us you can do it. Um, that was one of the things that I noticed. The other one was um, uh, Darquez Denard starting in the nickel. I guess I kind of expected it. I was just hoping to see something different. I'm still hoping. I don't know how it's going to play out on Friday, uh, but I'm, I'm still hoping to see someone else. Not that not that Denard was bad, by the way, and I don't want him to you know see this and take offense to it at all, but you know, it's just I want to see someone. I want to see someone, some youth, someone that the team went out and got, not because we had to get someone. You know, That's how he got here. All the injuries were piling up. We had to go get him, and he was like, you know, and he did what a good NFL player should do. Make the best of the situation that I'm in and make them say, hey, maybe we can keep this guy. And he managed to stick. So shout out and salute to him. He did what he was supposed to do. But I want to see someone else come in here and, like, really wow people. And then the other person is going to be Talanoa Hufunga. I don't see it. I don't see it. And if Tavarius Moore is healthy, I think he wins that job over Hufunga. That's my personal opinion. I haven't seen it. I, you know, I watched Hufunga's presser from today. Was it? T- I believe it was today. Maybe yesterday. I, I watched so many of them. I don't know exactly what day it came out. So forgive me for being wrong. Um, but I listened to him. He's so respectful. He's so nice. He's so kind. I feel like I'm in a church meeting talking to somebody. He's just thanking the Lord for the opportunity to be here. I don't want to hear that. Not trying to be rude. I want to hear someone saying, no, I'm, I'm here to play. He was like, I, I, I really just want to try to make the 53 and whatever happens after that. No, no. I want to be the starter. I'm hungry. I want to show these guys what I can do. Well, we're, I don't really have a, a major weakness. I don't really have a major strength. It's all around. I, I got to work on everything. Like, don't give me these cookie cutter answers. I want to see that you're hungry. I want to hear. I want to feel your desire to be great. That's what I want from these guys. And I, I don't get it from him. He's very respectful. Now, when the pads come on, I'll, t- I'll be completely honest with you. If you show me what I'm saying I want to hear, as opposed to verbally saying it, hey, you don't have to say a word. You know what I'm saying? Troy Palomalu was one of the most soft-spoken human beings I've ever heard in the NFL. High-pitched voice, soft-spoken, very calm. But you see Troy Palomalu put on those pads and the helmet, and it is completely different, you know? And if that's what Hufunga is going to do, then by all means, go ahead and do it. But I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that kind of stuff right there. I, I don't, I don't want to hear it. Sorry, Melissa. I know, I know that's your guy. I'm not hating on him. I'm hating on what he was saying. I don't want to hear that. I want you to tell me, yes, I want to be the starter. They asked him straight up. First year, your goal was probably to make the team. Here you are the second year that got you penciled in as a starter. Is that what your goal was, to first make the team, then show them that you could be the starter? Well, I just want to make the 53-man roster. I'm just happy to be here. I don't I don't want to hear that shit. I don't want to hear that. Tell Yes, yes, I had a feeling, you know, especially when Tart wasn't re-signed, I knew that there was an opportunity for me to – Show them that I could be the guy. Like, say something along those. I'm just happy to be here. 
I'm going to pray about it and meditate and we'll see what happens. Kumbaya. Nah, that doesn't do it for me. But if the pads do the talking, I will happily eat my words. I'll shut up now. Matt's not here, but I had to do that in the spirit. Mike, you brought that Matt rant spirit there, so I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, the dev chart, some things that stood out to me, you covered a lot, which I really do appreciate, um, because I don't see a lot of people just look at this and be able to break it down like that. Um, the offensive line, I'm eager to see how that shapes up. Um, Trent Williams, Aaron Banks, Jake Brandell, Spencer Beerford. Is it Buford or Burford? I've been saying Burford. Does not mean I'm right. Just I I've heard both. Now, there, if you blow this back up, there is a pronunciation guide at the bottom. Oh, oh, you're and, right. And if his name's not down there, then it's Burford. It's it's phonetic, like the way the way that it's typed. So if it's not there, I do not see it. Yeah, which is pretty cool. I don't know if the pronunciation guide was supposed to get published, but I like that. I don't remember that being on yeah, the one from last year. This it is probably the first was. I've ever seen it. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't remember if it was on there. I've seen the team listed separate. I don't remember if it was attached to the unofficial depth chart last year or, or if it was a separate thing, but uh, I know that I found uh, pronunciation of players' names last year. All right, so I'm going to go with Burford. Um, I, I, I've heard great things about him this offseason, so I think he'll likely keep a starting role. And then, like you said, McGlinchey's back from injury, a pretty serious injury for an offensive lineman. So let's see how that shapes out. Um, You're going to piss off Melissa and Matt that you played that one. <laughs> I think I he'll I think he'll appreciate no it. I want no smoke, guys. I'm sorry. I, I don't want those problems. All leases, we have to make a mic rant now. I've, I've been trying to think of little phrases that rhyme with Mike and even one for myself. <laughs> but there are not any that. Well, you got the a- Zach attack, right? Like that's that, kind of yeah, obvious. That's, that's a good one, right? You got the Zach attack. I don't. I don't really know what Mike like. It, it, you would be cheating, like like Mike. Mike, huh? Like Mike. Like Mike. Mike bite, but that's not really the same thing, you know. I don't know. If you have suggestions, throw them in the chat. Um, Joey made a good point. Um, as far as uh. So Sam Sam Sam, Sam 31 of 45 pressures came from week 14 to championship game for Sosa. So maybe they hope he keeps it rolling. I if, was it you who said he could be a camp casualty or not a camp casualty, but a uh, cut potential cut. Yeah. That was you, Mike. I did. Yeah. Yeah. With how much he's, he's slated to make this year. I'll tell you what, the worst thing that can happen for him <laughs> gifts from Gab. Oh, he remembers me from before. But see, here's my thing. I have to. I Ali, I've disassociated myself with that account because that is not me. I don't do politics. I don't. I don't do those kind of things. Like, like that's that's okay. Not me. This is a great one. Mic drop. Ooh, I like that. Riggs, you got it. A new graphic will be up on the on the the recap show if Mike can join us. Mic drop. I like that. Um, but I will say, um, I only thought. The worst thing that could happen for him is if some of these other names on here under him end up stepping up. Kerry Hyder looks better than him. Kamoko Ture, Jersey, looks better than him. He will be a cap casualty. What is he, like five, six million dollars, something like that, I think, this year? So if if if, if all that 
if he comes in here and looks like them and they feel like they can get that kind of production out of him, you know what I'm saying? Then he's going to be in trouble. It's going to be a big uphill battle, especially if people think Omenahue is going to be solid. Samson, he's going to have to, he's really going to have to do something. Jordan Willis has special team value as well as, see, and, and Melissa just said it. Look at that. She never agrees with me. But if Omenahue is who people think he's going to be, then that's it. Oh, many of you remind me of Justin Houston. Do y'all know how good Justin Houston was? No, he doesn't. He do, you want him to remind you of Justin Houston. He does not remind you of I he's, uh, you. he's Justin Austin. He's a distant cousin of Justin Houston. <laughs> Justin Justin Dallas. Just, yeah. <laughs> Justin San Antonio. That's my, that's my cheesy joke for the night. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, it, it is tough, though, and especially, you know, Kamoko Ture. By the way, Ebicom's contract, uh, he signed a two-year $12 million. Last year, his base salary was 1.5. This year, it's 5.9 with an 8.2 cap hit. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. He could definitely be a cap casualty. Yeah. Um, and we're, we're at, what, $3 million under the cap right now. So we still got a little bit of wiggle room uh, and not many more signings coming up. But he's got to be careful, man. He's got to be careful. God forbid there's a major. So here's, here's what you don't want to happen if I'm, if I'm Ebukam, right? God forbid there's a major injury or a major setback at corner, and we have to trade for someone who's coming in here with a seven or eight million dollar cap hit on that contract. Uh, then they're going to be like, "Hey, psst, buddy, sorry, we got Kamoko. You know what I'm saying? We have Charles, we got Drake. Like we we prepare for the situation, you know. And that's where he's going to get in trouble. And I I don't want to lose a player because of something like that. You know what I mean? So let, let's I I want the best to play and stick and hopefully we can stay healthy enough to do that all right i like it um i am surprised kamoko to raise fourth here i would have thought he would have been a little higher but again it's the first unofficial one preseason i don't think it matters too much i'm excited to see what akeem spence can bring uh robert Kamdiche as well so i guess we'll see is there anything else here you wanted to touch on before we wrap up on the depth chart at the wide receivers. Um, I can't even find them on this thing right here. There was, there was a, there was a hiccup that I had at the wide receiver position when I was looking at this thing. Um, Oh, Oh, it was, just, it was simple. It was Ray, Ray, Ray McLeod ahead of Danny Gray. When it comes to reps at wide receivers, I don't think there's ever a situation where Ray, Ray is getting more reps than Danny. That said, Ray Ray's roster spot is more guaranteed than Danny's. Does that make any sense? Because he does give you, even if he just gives you 40% at wide receiver on a scale of 100, he still gives you 100% of special teams. That's going to average out to 70%, where Danny Gray is probably going to give you 20% on special teams and 60% on offense. You know what I'm saying? Then... That's only going to average out to 40%. So Ray Ray's position on the 53 is more guaranteed than Danny's. But as a wide receiver, eh, okay, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not buying it. I'm not, I, I'm not there yet. I see what you mean. Um, while we're on talking about this, though, I'm so excited to see what Drake Jackson can bring to this team. I think he was severely underrated coming out of the draft because of the different regimes at USC, putting on weight, losing weight, putting it back on, whatever it was. They were asking a lot of different things out of him, but 
this dude is like a fucking physical specimen. Have you seen this guy doing backflips and shit at camp? Like he's so physically talented. And I think it was Middlecoff who said like, how did the NFL let the 49ers get this guy? Like if it, if he had been at a bigger school or maybe one with a competent coaching staff, he would probably be like a, a first round pick, a top end first round pick. So adding Drake Jackson to this defensive line is going to be huge. And I'm so excited to see what he can bring to an already, you know, crazy, crazy deep defensive line. Yeah. Speaking of um, surprises and letting people get people, I love seeing, um, I, I didn't even notice that. I didn't I love, either. I love seeing Poe listed as the first backup uh, to the, at the guard position there, yeah. right? Like, he's not getting a lot of talk other than he's super athletic. You know, this guy really knows how to use his body and everything. Other than that, you're not hearing he's holding his own in one-on-ones, he's doing this, he's doing that. And it's at guard, not center. So mm-hmm. I'm excited. It sounds to me like as soon as the first team is done, uh, Dante, Don Terry Poe, he, he's going out there to play. And I'm really excited about that because him and Dov- Donovan West were some guys I really wanted to see go out and see what they had. So yeah. I'm excited about that. This game is going to be so much fun for me. Yeah. It's, I don't care about the score. I am watching individuals. Yep. I can't rewind because we do a live watch party on the Patreon, but um, I, I'll be going back and watching this over and over. Just rewinding. I'm going to watch the left tackle. Rewind, right, left, left guard. Rewind center, rewind right guard, rewind right tackle. Like that—that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna—I'm gonna really like watch this this game like that, uh, just to see who's doing well, play in and play out. Yeah. Um, I didn't talk about it, but Joey commented Tyler Croft is listed over Ross Dwelly as tight end position. That's interesting. I wouldn't have expected that. Hopefully, Tyler Croft can bring something for a second tight end. Finally, um. We're going to go over D'Amico Ryan's thoughts on the matchup, and then we're going to wrap things up. But we have a question from Melissa here. Zach and Mike, who do you see the Jets taking to a, taking from us Excuse me, because of the Mekhi Becton injury? Do you think they change their plans based on injuries in the league? Do you think Robert Sala calls up Kyle and says, send over one of your offensive linemen because I lost Becton for the year? No. Because Robert Sala knows that everybody other than the five starters are unproven guys. The only proven commodity is a guy playing out of position right now in Brunskill. Uh, he, he's the only one. He's the only one. So um, I don't think so. If they could get your uh, – if they can get like a, a third or fourth for him, like out of desperation, I think I would let Brunskill go for a fourth. But you're really, really leaving yourself thin, at the, especially at that backup position for center. No one else has been getting snapped there. They like the way they're making the sound with the ones, uh, ones and twos. So they're they're alternating back and forth with those guys. So uh, I would have to be careful. All right, I don't have any thoughts on that to be honest with you. I don't know too much of how this line's going to shape up, but I agree with what you just said. This is extremely unproven outside of Trey. Uh, excuse me, Trent Williams. So. Yeah, listen to Raphael5629. Like and subscribe, everyone. It really does help. If you want to support us even more, copy the link. Pay, po- ah, copy and paste it into your social media, Twitter, Facebook, whatever it is. Tell your friends to come check us out. And we appreciate all of you guys. Um, last topic of the night. D'Amico Ryan shared his thoughts. I'm going to pull it up here, and I'm going to read a bit of the article with you guys, and then we will share our thoughts on it. 
Uh, so this is for NBC Sports. Let me make sure it's showing right. Okay. Um, so they asked him what he looks for in the preseason game, specifically from the rookies. And he said, a win for me in preseason games is really just to see guys who are young guys, to see those guys when the lights come on, just to see them go out and perform. No coaches on the field with them. Nobody's holding their hand. They have to go out there and compete and do what they've done to get them here. Um, they talked about, unfortunately, Leon O'Neill getting waived by the 49ers, uh, Tariq Castro-Field, Drake Jackson, and Samuel Womack, rookies like that. Um, and he said somewhere along the line, they went out in games and played well in high school, college, and now I'm happy for guys to get to showcase it on an NFL level. A win for me is just to see our guys go out and compete at a high level, play great technique, and make plays. Um, after 12 days of practice against our own team, second-year defensive coordinator is ready to see how the rookies stack up against new competition. It's a perfect time to evaluate long, young players' skill set. And both with both Jason Verrett and Traveris Ward unable to play, Ryan's noted Womack and Castro Fields could have an opportunity to further prove their worth at cornerback. Quote, everyone is kind of at that point in camp where you're kind of tired of going against the same guy, same offense, same scheme. So it's really a great opportunity for those guys to go out and see if they can truly own the fundamentals and techniques that we've been coaching these guys, pressing and stressing these guys over their techniques and fundamentals. Now, can they go and take it against another receiver, another style of offense? Can they go and can they go out and perform and do the things that they've been coached to do? I'm excited to see some of those guys take hold of that and go compete at a high level on Friday. Ryan's reflected on his own pre on, excuse me, on his own first preseason game, which came as a rookie linebacker with the Houston Texans 2006 against Kansas city chiefs. Like his own players likely will be on Friday night. He went out of the field wide eyed, but excited quote. I went out, probably didn't know the defense, didn't know what I was doing, but I just knew to fly around and make plays. I ended up with like 10 tackles in the first half and coach Kubiak and Johnny Holland were like, we can get him out of here. That's our starting linebacker. That's all I'll read for now. Obviously, he's excited to see these rookies get out there and get some play, show that they can belong in the NFL. Who do you think he's most excited to see get some some light from the defense? As far as the rookies, if there is one more than another, I guess if that makes sense. <clears throat> I think it's going to be uh, Castro Fields and Womack. I, if I have to pick just one, I would go with Castro Fields. I think he has the the athletic, you know the. I think he I think he has the uh, athletic um, profile that would get his attention and see if he can get something out of this guy. You know what I mean? Um, it was that you read a lot of really really good stuff, and, and my favorite part of his entire interview was in there. Uh, but that I would go with I would go with him. I would go with Castro Fields. Well, don't bury the lead. What was your favorite part? Well, because that's not what you asked me about. Um, that's fine. That's fine. One, hearing that his rookie season, Johnny Holland was his linebackers coach, and Johnny Holland is still his linebackers coach. Just he's ahead of him now. He's like leapfrog Johnny. Uh, was very impressive to me. It, it speaks to Johnny loving the position and loving what he's doing. Uh, and this is someone that I've been praying for for a long time. Um, I had his son on our show uh, doing an interview with him and everything and Johnny battling cancer and things like that. Like he's been someone I've been really, really hoping and pulling for. Um, but it was the fact that he said something and the smile on his face. Yes. I can remember my first preseason game. I didn't, I felt like I didn't know any of the plays. I just knew I had to run around and, and make plays. I had 10 tackles in the first half and <clears throat> that doesn't sound that impressive until you go back and you look at, 
a full game for Fred Warner. Eight tackles is a good game game for Fred Warner. You understand what I'm saying? So for a guy to be that quick to be able to make plays and, and make that many tackles without knowing the playbook, that says something. You know, now he probably also left his team vulnerable and exposed it a couple of times. But that tells me that when he watches these guys go out there, he's going to keep in mind that, hey, they're rookies. Hey, this is their first time out there. You know, they don't remember everything. They're not going to be perfect. Uh, I know I wasn't perfect the first time I went out there. And look at me. I had, for all intents and purposes, a Hall of Fame, a Hall of Fame career. You know what I'm saying? So um, it lets me know that this guy, <clears throat> like, I, I kind of get mad at Kyle Shanahan when I hear him critique wide receivers, right? He's the hardest on wide receivers because that's the position that he played. But, Kyle, you didn't even do it at a pro level. You did it in college. You barely did it in college. And then you, like, come in here and crucify these, these young men, and you're so hard on them. Well, here's a guy who not only did it in college, but he did it in the pros. And not only did he do it in the pros, he did it at a Pro Bowl level. Not only did he do it at a Pro Bowl level, he did it an all-pro level. And he's probably going to be a Hall of Famer. And he can sit there and humble himself and say, yeah, I remember my first time. I didn't know what the hell was going on but I just knew to run and make plays, right? It, it's just the perspective. It's the way you look at these guys, and I have an appreciation for that. I, have a, I, I, I sincerely enjoyed watching him smile. He lit up if you watch it. His whole demeanor changed when they asked him about it. And so um, that's what made me happy. He's not going to crucify these guys for making a couple of bad plays. He's going to completely understand what they're going through in that moment. But he's also when it's all said and done, right? And they go out there and they put the film on afterwards and these guys are having bad moments on the field. He's going to say, hey, look, don't worry. Hey, I'm, I'm going over this with you because I have to. But this is important that you learn from it because I made these same mistakes my first time out there. So it's not going to be something that just happens in the locker room where he's saying this and they're thinking, oh, this is just coach talk. I said it at the presser. I put it out there. I had no idea what I was doing my first time out there. This is your first time out there, Rook. Just go out there. Make plays and have fun, and we'll take care of the rest. That's our job to get you ready. So I like that. I like that was my favorite part of the whole presser. You know, uh, maybe this is me totally forgetting, but I don't hear many other coaches that often say it is about having fun at this high of a level. That's something you hear in high school, Pop Warner, Little League. Yeah. But NFL, rarely do you hear them say, oh, at the end of the day, it's about having fun. Obviously, the players say it because it's a game, but – I really do appreciate that he kind of – he reminded all of the players, you know, they're going in, the rookies specifically that he's talking about, this is probably some huge moment. They're going in there with so much pressure, so much stress. Not only do they have to remember everything they were just taught, they have to play at a high level to make the team. And he's like, yo, it's just a game. Like, just have fun. You guys have been doing this already. He said it. I like the way he said it. I assume they played at a high level either in high school or, or college if they're here. Mm-hmm. So you've already done it. Just continue to do it. Um there's so much to look for on Friday night. But again, I'm going to go back to Drake Jackson. I want to see what the kid brings. I'm so excited to see him. And and defensive line, I played defensive line. But even so, that's not really my, my favorite position to watch. But I just think if the 49ers can actually get someone opposite of Nick Bosa, like D Ford was supposed to be and was for a very, very small amount of time, that defense is going to be so tough. It's going to be so tough, man. So, uh, all right. With all that, Melissa, I do not have any words that I that I hate to describe athletes like you're asking. Um, there are those random phrases, obviously, but, you know, there's nothing that, like, I hear and it just irks me. But I'm sure I could find some if I actually thought about it. 
Is there anything you wanted to, to throw in here before we wrap things up that I didn't cover or something that's on your mind? Uh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm good right now. Um, we, we got a couple more shows to do before the game on Friday, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, uh, delve too deep in here. I, I am really, really excited. I can't wait to watch this show along with people, uh, in our chat. Zach, you know, the, the floor is open. I don't know if you guys do a live watch party or not, but, uh, ours will be open and, and live. If you want to join, you can definitely jump in there. Um, it, and we get to watch it with the faithful in here going crazy, you know, just the way they are on us now. We sit back, we relax. The, the cool thing is there's not a lot of hot takes. It's more reactions. You know, it's raw reactions in the moment and things like that. Um, and seeing how people feel about what you're experiencing also. So it's pretty cool. It gives you a different outlook on, on the games and everything. So um, nothing to add. Just just stay tuned, guys. We got a lot of stuff planned for you here. Um, and I'm saying here, 49ers Hive, they have a lot of good stuff planned for you guys. You're not going to miss it. Nothing but Niners. Uh, we have stuff planned for you guys as well. And <laughs> the 49ers, the team itself, has a lot of stuff scheduled for you. So it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Yeah, I appreciate that. Joey's asking for a brick-by-brick brick review. Maybe we'll have to do that the next episode um, on our recap. We'll check it out. I haven't even had a chance to watch it yet. So before well, we wrap just, up. It came out like an hour and a half ago. Exactly, yeah. We came home um, and basically set up and got this show going. Um, but – before we wrap up, we got to thank our sponsors. So let's start out with Sports Illustrated. Shout out to Sports Illustrated for sponsoring 49ers Hive, the Red and Gold Standard Podcast. You guys can now save 30% on your hardcover copy of Sports Illustrated, San Francisco 49ers at 75. This is a fantastic book. I saw my guy, Kurt Rosenfeld, bought it today. He was tweeting it out on, on Twitter. It is a hard copy. Um, it's got all of the 49ers history, all 75 years of history, and it's got – pictures of all the important players articles quotes you name it and like i said you can now save 70 or excuse me 30 percent off your copy of the 475 click the link in the description and get your copy today it's only going on through october so make sure you take advantage of that now and next we got to shout out our gold stamp as melissa already knows you guys can now save excuse me buy gold for as little as 50 dollars a month with acre gold you no longer have to fork out hundreds of dollars to get your gold you can buy gold like an investment and once your investment reaches the market price of two and a half grams acre gold will discreetly discreetly send you a gold bar if matt were here he would call it the gold stamp because it is rather small however it is two and a half grams with inflation being up the dollar going down of value put your money in something that actually retains value like gold Click the link in the description as well. Start buying gold for as little as $50 a month. And lastly, we got to shout out T.O. 49ers great, Terrell Owens, 81 Vino. Save 10% off your entire purchase and get free shipping on two or more bottles by going to 81vino.com and using code 49ersHive. You will get 10% off. Terrell Owens, football great, has ventured into the wine business. Go support him, 81vino.com, promo code 49ersHive, 10% off your entire purchase. Free shipping on two bottles or more. Now that I got all that out of the way, Mike, let the folks know where they can find you. I'm sure they're already subscribed to you, but let them know. Yeah, guys, my personal page is Mike Andrews 83 right there at the bottom of the screen. But if you guys want to follow the business account, nothing but Niners, uh, nothing but 9ERS on Twitter. Uh, that is the place to find me. By the way, I don't know what the hell Frank Gore did. I don't know what's true, what's false, but 
get it together, bro. Like you're so close. So you're so close to wrapping up this career flawlessly. I would hate to see it go down uh, like this. I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to say much more, but just just Google Frank Gore, uh, hit news, and wow, that's all I can say as well. I'm I'm waiting for more details to come out before I discuss it because it is extremely uncharacteristic of him, and I'm I'm hoping something comes out that either disproves the story or explains it a little more, which I don't really know what information could come out that would explain it. But I'll leave it at that. Um, but guys, go ahead. What's I'm going to tear you up on Patreon about that. I'm going to tear you up on Patreon. I'm telling you. I'm going to go crazy on you for that. All right, but I'm going to shut up. I'm going to shut up. Let's do it. All right. Uh, if you guys don't know yet, Mike and I host a show on the Nothing But Niners Patreon channel called Return of the Mac. It is once a week. Go and check that out. Subscribe to the 49ers page, or excuse me, to the Nothing But Niners Patreon if you haven't already. And like Mike said, we're bringing you a lot of content for you guys. We will be doing two shows a week now that the season is here. We'll be doing a preview show like tonight and a recap show immediately after the game ends. Um, after Kyle Shanahan's press conference is usually when Matt and I go live. So hit like, hit subscribe if you haven't already. We appreciate all of the new subscribers we've got. You can find me on Twitter. Handles on the screen at Zach Renan. Follow 49ers High. Follow Red and Gold Standard Podcast. Thank you, everybody. Have a great evening. And we'll see you Friday after the game.